Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. I got this guy, he works in a burrito bar, he's never been to college, taught himself Ruby on Rails. Wow. You need a Ruby developer. Couldn't find any. And she's like, do you want to give him a shot? And we did. We gave him an apprenticeship and he far surpassed the computer science grad and light bulb went off. And I looked out my window and I said, there's people all over this town that have aptitude. My name is Esprit Devora, host of the Women in Tech show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create the Women in Tech show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. I call it actionable empowerment. Every single episode, you'll hear the story of a fantastic woman in tech, from engineers to founders to investors to journalists to designers, all sorts of different females in tech who have thrived. I want to share their stories with you so that you can know what resources, mentors, and life situations they accessed in order to get to where they are today. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast, celebrating women in tech around the world. So excited to have Anne-Marie here in Troy, New York. Yes, I'm in New York right now, and this is amazing. It's a thriving tech ecosystem. I can't wait to share her story. Go ahead, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. Hi. Great to be here. My name is Anne-Marie Lanasey. I own a software company here in Troy. We do software consulting um, called Green Tree Technology, and as part of that work, I've been doing that about 10 years. As part of that, I started a nonprofit also here in the capital region called Albany Ken Code, which essentially brings more diverse faces into the tech sector in the cap region. I love Albany Ken Code. I mean, okay, let's start from the beginning because both of those things are super epic. So where did you first find that you became interested in technology? I think it was in middle school, actually probably way farther back than that. When I was like a young kid, I had a Commodore 64 and I liked making colors on screens. Yeah. Uh, So I think that was like the seed planted. But then in middle school, I spent a lot of time in some kind of after school club doing like a digital pelican. I just was like making, you know, pixels on a screen and it looked like a pelican. I spent hours on it and loved it. How old were you? I was in middle school, so probably seventh grade. So maybe 13. And then, and how did you access that? Was it? in school that they gave you the computer? Yeah. Yep. So that was back when I think like Photoshop was first starting, maybe even a year or two prior. So we had some kind of software where you could make stuff on a screen. Um, And I, it was either a class or an after school. I don't remember, but it was certainly, it was way fun. I really enjoyed it. And then, and then where did you take that interest in technology into high school and college? What did that look like? Um, I think in high school, I Certainly, you know, I did a lot of like video manipulation. This is again before this is like a thing yeah, yeah, yeah. This is back in the like early 90s. But I was doing like video stuff with uh, I don't even know, like Quark Express and different software packages yeah. back then. Um, and then really it was in kind of in college. I, I got I went to a, um, a engineering school, wasn't sort of on the engineering track, but was more right. on the human computer interaction side and started to understand yeah. how people use computers and just got really fascinated by sort of interface design, but also like the study of like human factors in yeah. computing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just loved my undergrad and I just saw all kinds of, and that was really where I think the first seed for Albany Can Code started. Um, I started to sort of see that a third of my, because I took computer yeah. science classes, a third of my um, classes, people would just like get it naturally. They didn't need to be in class. Right, right. Another 
another third had to really apply themselves, and then another third, it really wasn't for them. Um, and I was in the third where you really, I was in the third where you had to like apply myself. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, but it was not coming super naturally. Right, and right. I started to see that there are people that have aptitude for these kind of jobs just very naturally. And yeah. that was one of the, the you know, seeds that was in me from the early on to yeah. say. And it was also where I first realized that there's very few women in tech because I was in a class of maybe 10 or 100. 10, um, 10 there, I'd be the only woman or 100, there'd be right. 10 women. So I started to notice, like, where's all the girls pretty yeah. early on? So Did you, like, I, this is resonating, do you feel like you invented your life? You, like, you knew you had an interest in junior high school and then you sought out to invent how, how were you going to make this a reality? I don't think I was that purposeful. I wish to say I was. I think I, uh, I, I do kind of believe in the lucky stars syndrome. People say, well, luck is, you know, whatever. I don't really yeah. always believe in it. But I believe if you're in the right place at the right time and make the right things happen, like I think it ha- certainly has yeah, a, yeah, a factor. Yeah. Um, and I just, I always just loved it. So I had the passion for it. So I just, you know, I kind of followed the passion. I'll just, you know, do this like screen design stuff before it had a name. And like right. we were studying video on the web before it was like, before YouTube was a thing. And I right. just had the passion for it. So I just followed my passion. So in that sense, I would say I was sort of purposeful, but yeah, never yeah. really consciously thinking, you know, where will I be in 10 years? I never, ever looked that far out. It's more like, where will I be in 10 days <laughs> kind of thing. And what was it like? So when did you start your software consultancy company? I started that in uh, 2009. And it, was it scary? Like what, how far out of school were you? Did anything happen in yeah. between that time? So I had a really interesting, after I did my undergrad, I went on and did a master's and then I got a job and that was like early on and I got this great consulting job and I didn't realize I was sort of an entrepreneur. Like it was, I didn't even know there was, there was a name for that kind of thing, but yeah. I, I had a consulting job. Um, and then I went to work for that company. And as part of that, I started to like, I started a multimedia division within that company and kind of eventually learned, Oh, well, I don't own this thing. This it's awesome what I've done, but, you know, I really like to have my own stake in something. Right. And told my boss I'd like to go out on my own or be his partner. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, kind of a little ballsy, but he was a great mentor to me and still is. And he said, great, I'll get you started. I'll keep you on payroll for six months. Yeah, I'll yeah. give you health insurance. So that's when I was able to get my software business started. So I can't believe – wait, I can't, wait, <laughs> that's the most unique entrepreneurship tra- – like, yeah. first of all, that you had health insurance as an entrepreneur is, like, mind-blowing. I know. <laughs> So when I was first hired by that tremendous mentor, I uh, had no idea what I was getting into and had I wouldn't have accepted the job. Um, I was essentially the hired for a two-week consulting project and ended up being a two-year gig. But the collapse of the World Trade Towers uh, fell directly into Deutsche Bank's North American headquarters. And I was hired to create all these multimedia demonstratives for a $6 billion lawsuit. Showed up for my first day on the job with the North American chief of Deutsche Bank and all the attorneys they hired to um, recoup their $6 billion lawsuit and was truly an incredible experience. And I was 23. Had I known what I was getting into, I would have totally thought I was underqualified, but ended up, you know, just really thriving and we ended up winning and it was fantastic two years of 80 hour a week and it was just wonderful work and thanks to my 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 mentor boss that hired me for the job i mean that's insane 23 years old what made you say yes at 23 well, I think I didn't know what I was getting into. And, you know, they hired me and they're like, of course, you're, you, you've got what it takes for this. And I, I don't even know if they knew what they were looking for. Um, but uh, I don't know. I just said yes. And off I went. And my boss just, you know, we ended up working together for eight, almost eight years. And he was tremendous. And um, and that's why he gave me that tremendous, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll support you in, you know, for the next six months. I mean, I still had to show up to work and get my work done, but I could do it on my schedule. And I was able to keep my health insurance and get, take, you know, take a go at starting my own company. Incredible. I'm a little bit like kind of taken 
by how much this person invested into you and like partnered with you and supported you in your journey. Do you guys still have a working relationship together? I haven't seen him in a number of years, but he's um, he's definitely he's lo- still local here and we stay in touch. Um, he's had some health issues in the last couple of years, yeah, so yeah, he's yeah. kind of recovering from some of that. But I mean, he was the ki- he was also the kind of person where I started to learn. You know, there you know women do face a, a, a little bit of different challenges, and I started my career with working for him in New York City and down there it was very different than in this Albany Capital Region area if you were at least this was my experience if yeah. you were male female young old an alien it didn't matter as long as you could perform that's yeah. sort of all that mattered and he he and I started to work together he hired me for that consulting job and then I went to work for him and built this little thing and um, he just knew I could perform and he just he was like sure yeah I'll, you know I'll help you he was an entrepreneur he was yeah. just one of those people that so cool yeah so cool yeah. and okay so you went from that why switch from the city to um, upstate New York yeah well we were based here but working out of the lower Manhattan area like living in a hotel and we were that company was building forensics which is very different than what I do now but uh, you know we were kind of all over the country so like when Hurricane Katrina hit we were down in New Orleans when the collapse of the World Trade Towers it was down in New York City yeah. to figure out what happens when buildings have major issues yeah. um, and so we were based you know company was here and then I started my software company here and just um, got really engaged in the local you know tech community which has been thriving and but also really starting to notice that we have a thriving cap region tech sector, but we also have communities within the cap region that are not accessing that pipeline and these high paying jobs. Yeah. And so I started to notice, well, we have fewer women. I don't see other, you know, women in tech world, heads of tech companies yeah, yeah, yeah. here. You know, we need to get more women into the process. We need to get, you know, more racial diversity, economic diversity. And I hired a guy um, in my software business that had a four year computer science degree. And then a recruiter came to me, said, I got this guy, he works in a burrito bar. He's never been to college, he taught himself Ruby on Rails. Wow. You need a Ruby developer. Couldn't find any. And she's like, do you want to give him a shot? And we did. We gave him an apprenticeship. And he far surpassed the computer science grad. And light bulb went off. And I looked out my window. And I said, there's people all over this town that have aptitude. (gasps) And that, that was a start, and it has gone That was the start of Albany Can Code. Yeah. 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 And so. then what's Albany Can Code look like? Well, first I wanted to ask, uh, what does your company deliver? So Green and Tree who are does, your customers? Yeah. So yeah. software consulting. So we do computer programming, you know, projects of all different shapes, kinds. Uh, mobile apps, web apps primarily, highly scalable web applications in, you know, it's pretty much the core business that we do. And then uh, Albany Can Code. Tell me more about that. Yeah. So that was, like I uh, mentioned, we have, you know, I had this sort of aha moment, light bulb went off and I looked out my window and I said, that lady could be a software engineer. She doesn't maybe know it because she, they never taught it in the schools. And you know, she probably has the aptitude or could have the aptitude. So we set out to find people. We built a little curriculum. We put up a website. We had 75 applicants out the door. We accepted 12. We've doubled every six months. So we went from 12 to 24. Um, all of last year, we had 60. Right now, within the first three months of this year, we have 50 students. Um, and it's it's just kind of wild because the CAP region employers are all really tied in and engaged and are, you know, giving internships and jobs to these folks. And on average, we're seeing, you know, sort of like a $20,000 pay jump after they go through our program. So it's, it's kind of an exciting, really opportune, just like moment in time. I think you went by that last part a little bit too fast. <laughs> they see a $20,000 pay bump. Yeah. After, like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're really improving people's lives. Right. So how, uh, what year did Albany Can Code start? We started in the summer 2016. And um, what does it look like? What, like if I wanted to be a part of it, what does that look like for me? Yeah. So I, 
we have a website, albanykingcode.org. Yeah. We have yeah. an application on there and, you know, we have people come and apply to be a part of the program. We ask this some, a series of questions. I don't, I've been yet to find a test out there that can say, does someone take this test and they have the aptitude yeah. for software engineering? But um, we ask like, what have you tried? Have you gone online? Why do you want to do this? So we sort of get the passion. We try right. to figure out why are they interested? What have they done? Um, and that's been really fantastic. And we've had uh, over a hundred people go through the program at this point. And like I mentioned, the preliminary data is really promising. We're seeing we had we um, surveyed half our first co- group, um, half of our students, and like we were getting those folks reporting back. Um, some folks going from unemployment to seventy five thousand dollars salaries. I mean, kind of off the charts. Um, and now we're reaching even further in communities because we started to see like traditional, you know, you know, white males coming to us saying, "Oh, this is a great way to become a software engineer." And so we're working more with community based organizations to do digital literacy. Yeah. Um, because right now people might not know how to answer our application questions. So that doesn't mean they don't have aptitude. So we're we're just reaching further into communities where there could be people that could really use opportunity for this high paying sort of field. I feel like you have a really healthy balance of. Um, leading a professionally purposeful life, uh, being that you have like the software company and then you have um, really, is it a philanthropic organization? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So um, how do you suggest someone that wants to make the like their full compass life more purposeful? How do they go about doing that? I think people would feel like it's done. I, I met this girl in Serbia. She said, I really want to do X, Y, Z. I'm like, well, why don't you create it? And she's like, I can't do that. I'm not, I don't have enough experience to do that. Mm-hmm. Who am I? I'm not important. I'm like, what? Yeah. How do you, how, what would you tell her? What advice would you give her? Yeah, I mean, I, my sort of compass is like life is short. Like we think we have a ton of time and the reality is we may or may not. So it's like, I'm just very driven to like do what I can each day. And so I would just say, get started. Like people think it's this huge thing, but actually if you just start with like the first small task and you do small tasks, um, and I, I, well, actually in 2000, I think it was right right before starting Albany can code, even with green tree, I got very purposeful in that business. I said, I really only want to work with people that are making an impact and where they see the value that we we can do in their business. So make an impact because we're, you know, everybody wants to build software. Everybody thinks it's going to, you know, build it and they will come and you'll become the next, uh, Mark Zuckerberg. Totally. Uh, Um, and you know, had, we won't, (laughs) had a lot of experiences where I realized, um, yeah, like there's just not a lot of things I want to be working on my, I don't have a lot of time in the day and I really want to get to work, like bringing other people. I feel like I've had this amazing career and, um, I'm almost 40 and I still feel sort of young and I feel like it's time to just get to work bringing other people. And really, I mean, in college, we were talking about, oh, we need more diversity. Well, that's 20 years ago for me, and I don't see a lot of change. So I'm like, I do see a lot of change. I shouldn't say that, but I just feel like we have to work harder, and I just got excited to do it and still wake up every day. I Actually, even more so every day when you see life's changing in the way that we are. Um, and I just, I absolutely think, like you said, people can, they can. Like, that's how big things ap- happen with people. People yeah. people are what make big things happen. It's funny. I was watching, I don't know if you saw this, the the Little Dicky music video called Earth. Did you mm-hmm. see that one? Everybody watched it. It's fantastic. But anyway, somebody said, yeah, but I'm only one person. Like, how can I save the planet? Like, if I put my stuff in the recycling bin, how does me make a difference? Or I eat less red meat. And then someone else said, no, it's about everybody doing a little equates to a lot. Yeah. And it does feel like, who am I? I'm so small. Sometimes like I'm just one person. But if imagine if millions of people had that thought and we all took just a little bit of action. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent agree. Um, what is your favorite app, uh, hardware or website? Just one. 
Ah, golly, that's a tricky one. I really like Trello these days. Yeah. I mean, I've looked, I've done all, all different kinds of project management tools, and that's one's the easiest one for me to just pip, you know, pop in some quick things. And qu- I work a lot on sticky notes, so it has a good sense. I love Evernote too. I've been using that for years and go back in and out of it. Yeah. Um, I mean, definitely the mobile phones are, you know, have changed the way we work. So I could not live without, you know, <laughs> working off my little screen there. And how about your favorite book? Um, oh, absolutely. Without a doubt. It's called The Path Appears by Cheryl Wu Dunn and Nicholas Kristof. Um, and it's it's about essentially what we talked about, like the path appears if you start to walk down it and really how do we make a difference? Best advice you've ever received. Ooh, that, I'm a little stumped. Um, I would say the best re- advice I'd ever received is to, hmm, I don't know, you got me. <laughs> I can't answer that one. I wish I could. I'm um, you can marinate on it a little bit. Okay. Okay. One last question I have is what's a huge obstacle that you've successfully overcome and how did you overcome it? I think one, th- I'm still in the process of overcoming and some days are better than others, but I would say like my own mind, mm. I think it holds me back. Like I think that how much of my own trash talk about, oh, well, I'm just a woman or I'm just one person or I'm, you know, I, there's all these barriers in my yeah. way. It's just all in my head. You know, they're, totally. it's re- they're really not. Like if I just start to walk down the path, it's a lot less barriers than I, than I, you know, I think. It's funny because we see other people, at least when I see other people, it feels like everybody else has life handled and unlock. I'm like, why am I flailing when everyone else knows the magical secret treasure map? And I, I think we, and we, I think it seems like we all think that, that everybody has it figured out and we don't. It's very, it's fascinating. I still completely doubt myself on a daily basis. Um, And then how can people connect with you further? Where can they find out more about everything that you do? Sure. Yep. So albanycancode.org is our website, albanycancode on uh, Twitter and Instagram. And I'm A-M-L-A-N-E-S-E-Y on um, Twitter as well. Instagram, you can follow me. That's all fun photos of my family. Um, And Green Tree Technology, our website screentree.com cool and we'll include all of that in the show notes thanks to our amazing teammate Carl thank you so much for being on the women in tech podcast is there anything else you wanted to share that we haven't covered yet last piece of advice I feel like I have to give it to you Um, I would say the piece of advice that anyone has ever given me is to wear a smile I like that I like wearing a smile I haven't heard that one yet Thank you so much for hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast. If you want to connect and collaborate with more amazing women in tech around the world, remember you could go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. Or go to the women at Women in Tech show on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. This is Anne-Marie Lannessy, president of Green Tree Technology and founder and CEO of Albany Ken Code, both in Troy, New York. Green Tree Technology is a boutique software development firm based in Troy, New York. And Albany Ken Code is building pathways into the Capital Region Tech ecosystem. And you are listening to Women in Tech. Women in Tech is an independently funded project funded by you, the community. So the way that you could support us is by going to patreon.com slash women in tech and making a small contribution. Every little bit counts. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash women in tech. Thank you so much for believing in our vision. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.